0: The first time I saw this movie, I just clapped and clapped. I'm like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. It's so much fun. I
1: mean, most of the people I think that went to see it, obviously from the trailer, from the title, you knew what you were getting into. But man, I talked to a few people that just hated
2: it. If I had seen this at home, I would have turned it off. And the only reason why I stayed awake for it Here is because I know that I snore and I didn't want it (laughs) to snore
1: New computer, who dis
0: That's right. Fourth rule of Crite Club. Run through your computer presentation before the group gets in.
1: <laughs> but it's all good now. <laughs> Welcome, it's Fright Club Live. We are back at Gateway Film Center in Columbus, Ohio, our home away from home now for what do we say? Nine years. Nine years. years. This nine is our ninth, years ninth season of Fright Club Live. Thanks to uh, you guys and we love it. Thanks for coming out. We got a great folk horror yes, tonight. Yes. And we're gonna talk about drugs. Drug use. <laughs> Give me drugs. Uh, drug use in horror films. And uh, But first, as we always do, we want to say thank you for the great time last time.
0: Our last podcast was the uh, our favorite yearly event, the Skeletons in the Closet, where we talk about the worst horror movies made by Oscar nominees. And it's always fun. It really it is. is. It's like my favorite one all year long. I love that one. And we didn't get a lot of complaints. Corey, our friend Corey, mentioned rightly so. So we, we could have done a whole podcast on Jamie Lee Curtis. And to be honest with you, you know what? If she wins on Sunday, and I think there's a good chance she I think she, she will. will. We will. We'll do a whole Jamie Lee Curtis podcast. Um, but but she, we're going to have
1: to make it a matinee. Have you seen right, what she matinee. said about concerts? She had that <laughs> whole viral thing about she wants to see Bruce Springsteen at 2 p.m.
0: Because uh, then it could be five hours. She doesn't care. She's still home and in bed by 7.30.
1: Yeah, so if we make it alive, it's going to have to be a matinee. a matinee, as she pronounces it.
0: But uh, Corey took issue with the fact that I thought Mother's Boys was her worst movie, and he says clearly it's virus, and he's correct. It's virus. He's right. She's got a lot. She's got a lot to choose from. Yes, she does. She has. She's got a lot of good ones, too. She does. (laughs) No doubt about it. And so that's really it. That was the only thing. Other thing I want to talk about. We had a bunch of stuff to talk about coming up. Okay. A lot of stuff coming up. And then um, there were uh, like a million, billion possible movies to talk about concerning drugs that I thought I might quickly run through. Yeah.
1: So many so that we had it all done and you had the list made and she, she sent it to me and I was getting notes. And then she said, oh, my God, I forgot this and we had to yep. start well kind of start over again yep, we but to, we'll get to that
0: we ejected one because as you know as you may know i'm not allowed to do fuzzy math in the live events <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we have some that will of all the ones that almost made it there's a couple big ones that yeah. you wanted to mention
0: well two of them are not i don't think of them as horror movies but they're sort of sort of the kind of all-time great very Maybe disturbing movies about drugs. I'm not talking about Reefer Madness, but because I don't think they're horror, I didn't make them the, uh, put them on the list. Even though I really love both movies. One is Requiem for a Dream, which is about as horrific as a film gets.
1: Oh, it's a rom com. <laughs> and then the other
0: is Naked Lunch.
1: Naked Lunch, which yeah.
0: you could almost slide in just because it's Cronenberg and it's such a great movie. But uh, you know, technically speaking, I don't think it's horror. Um, And then here is, I'm going to read them because there's a bunch, Uh, the, the, the group that almost made the list. Bliss, Revenge, Rust Creek, Synchronic, Beyond the Black Rainbow, Toad Road, and blue sunshine. So those are the uh, those are just just under the radar. One of the oh, and lovely Molly. So lovely Molly, I'll just tell you right, that's the one that was on the list and got ejected for the one that I forgot. So lovely Molly is the best of the ones that I just mentioned and did not make the yeah, list. Yeah, which is kind
1: of too bad because we have never. I don't think we've ever mentioned that movie yeah, once. It's
0: possible we haven't. I don't yeah. know. It's so, a good one, though. It's uh, it's a good one. It's a little bit frustrating in its structure, but it's uh, it's dark, and uh, and it's very creepy. And they're right. like horse heads.
1: So you can blame me for putting the clamps down on the fuzzy That's man. Right. But we'll find something else for, for lovely Molly here to get to. But we've got five, of, uh, five examples, great examples, drug use and horror, and we're going to show one of them. That's, uh, man, it's it's a really great example, and I hope everybody likes it. How many uh, people have seen Hagazoos already? Just two. Okay. Right. That's good. All right. Well, then we're going to really look forward to your reactions afterwards. As always, love to have you come down and give us your reactions about this movie, because I, I think it's one, especially if you like, if you know you like folk horror. Yeah. This is really effective. Yeah. And I look forward to, uh, look forward to seeing it and talking about it. Okay. So uh, we'll get to the five that we did pick, though. And these are, boy, this is a good one to start out with from two th- 2011. Wow. I know. Where has the time gone, people? This is uh, five friends go for a break at a remote cabin where they get more than they bargained for, discovering the truth behind the cabin in the woods. Have
2: you gone gray?
0: You're not bringing that
2: thing in the Rambler. Oh, a giant bomb in your father's van? What
0: are you, stone? Dina, you fetching
2: minks. you have any food?
1: I love that clip for, for many reasons, but the actor playing the Stoner, his name was Fran Kranz, yeah. and he went on to direct, write, and direct just a couple of years ago a movie called um, Mass yeah. that was just great. So much heavy, heavy drama, just really four people in the cast, and it's astounding how good it is, especially when you're used to seeing him as a stoner. <laughs> and the other funny thing about that is, in the scene in this movie where they all jump in and go swimming in the lake, but his character keeps his shirt on, that's because, according to producers, he was ripped <laughs> he was swole underneath that. And they thought it didn't go with his character whatsoever, which I think is funny considering Chris Hemsworth right. is in this cast, <laughs> who later went on to be, you know, Mr. Jacked Up Guy. But yeah, they didn't want to, oh, he can't take his shirt off because he's too ripped, which is just really funny when you consider that character. But that's a funny opening.
0: It is. That it is a, it's, a, it's a great introduction to really, I mean, it, inside the cabin, the best character. You know, Richard oh, Jenkins... Yeah. The monitors, the people who are monitors, there's some great, some great characters over there, but, but uh, the actual core five, he's such a great character. And also, the things that he says, just these rambling, nonsensical, like what he just said right there, stoner things that he says, <laughs> they, they wind up being the truest uh, statements about the film you're about to watch, which I think is also really very funny and clever. Um, I love this movie for a million reasons. Oh, yeah. And uh, the, we were talking about it just earlier today for no reason I can think of, the elevator ride. Oh my God! The first time I saw this movie, I just clapped and clapped. I'm like, "This is the greatest thing I've yeah. ever seen!" It's so much fun. It's it's one of my all time favorite horror comedies. The,
1: be, the the beginning is fun because they spe- they specifically crafted that to try to trick you to mm-hmm. thinking you walked yeah. into the wrong movie. And then of course the end when it just goes batshit and you get to the control room right. and you can't. There's no possible way you can catch all of the Easter eggs. Oh no! All of you the references no. that they're that they're making. And then of course you get the big reveal. At the end with the big guest star, who I from, if you believe the stories, it was originally supposed to be Bruce Campbell. They wanted it to be Bruce Campbell. Wow, which would have also been very cool. Why would he have said no to that? No, yeah, I don't know. It
0: was, it was good the way it went. It was, it was good the way it went. It's great. Um, It's such a fun movie. It's, it's just super fun. And this is, the, this is the best character, which, as you know, with Chris Hems' work in the movie, that's a lot for me to admit somebody else was better. And it,
1: and it it's amazing to think that Josh Whedon and Drew Goddard, who are behind this, wrote it. They say they wrote the script in three days. Wow. They were probably high, like that guy. What a great movie that, to, to start with mm-hmm. because it, it's so much fun. And it's funny to put it in the category of drug use. I would think you could right. find a lot of different categories to put this movie in, and yeah. drug use is a funny one, but yeah, it fits. Yeah. For I sure. Mean, I mean, look of, at that scene.
0: Yeah, there are a lot of others where, you know, the the drug use is a much more Uh, sort of main part of the narrative, but he's just such a fun character, and I wanted to get weed in here. (laughs) I I use a lot, there you go, there's a lot of different drugs that are represented, and I needed one to cover (laughs) weed. I felt like (laughs)
2: that is a
1: number five. Yeah, you want to cover all the the food groups, all the drug groups? Good for you, (laughs) Cabin in the Woods, number five uh, on our list of drug (laughs) use and horror. Uh, number four now, this is the one that knocked out uh, lovely Molly here at the 11th hour, but you can understand why. Yeah. This is uh, from just, well, weeks ago. That's right. (laughs) An oddball group of cops, criminals, tourists, and teens converge on a Georgia forest where a huge black bear goes on a murderous rampage after unintentionally ingesting cocaine. Cocaine bear.
2: Apex predator high on cocaine ah! out of his mind. Oh, oh man, you... F- hey, baby. What's wrong with that bear? Hey, Shoot it, man. Hey, Bam, speed up! Get higher, baby, and don't ever come down. Come
0: on. Ah! Come on. We have such good luck in nature.
1: Has everybody seen Cocaine Bear? Oh yeah. man, so, I, so many things about it. I love they use the song White Lines. Oh my is perfect, God, I know. Of course, and the more I thought about it, and this trailer only reconfirms it, I love the Isaiah Whitlock character. That guy just cracks me up yeah. every time he says, "Let's see what kind of effect that has <laughs> on him." I, I love that. And there's there's so many characters that are oh, funny yeah. here, but I love that guy.
0: Oh yeah, he was great. Margaret Martindale was great. Uh, the kid. Oh my God, Henry, the little boy. First In the of all, tree. Uh, it's, you know, uh, little kids with Southern accents gut me. I just, I can't get enough, but that kid was so funny. And I think, I mean, I loved everything about this movie. I thought the tone was perfect. Uh, the soundtrack was so perfect. The blue eye line, shadow on that, that uh, EMT. Oh my God, glorious. But, and, and with all the carnage mm-hmm. and all of the insanity that went on, the fact that she had two children, put big spoonfuls of cocaine in their (laughs) mouth. I was like, yes! I know. Oh, my God, I couldn't get over that. It was so funny. I mean, I do it on the street. Oh, my God, I love that kid.
1: I love how much they just lean. a director is Elizabeth Banks, you yes. know, which is great. And they just, she just leaned into the carnage, the blood. Yeah, let's see more guts. Oh, yeah. More spillage. Yes. And the, and the drug use leaned into that and, and just went, went for and it, was it very, which is the perfect tone for this movie. It was movie. pretty
0: pro-drug, really. Yeah. I mean, you know, at the end, like the one <laughs> skate punk is like, okay, he's got a living uh, ahead of him when he gets to New York City. He's thinking, through, <laughs> thinking it through. Yeah, I just thought it was hysterical. It
1: is a hoot, and I find it... Almost hard to believe that apparently cocaine bear was just a working title for oh this until they thought of something better. Like you're going to think of something better than cocaine bear.
0: Well that you know what that makes me think of is that um, Samuel L Jackson signed on to do the film Snakes on a Plane and that was a that was a placeholder title. Mm-hmm. So then he saw at the end before it came out that they were going to call it what like whatever Flight 7019 and he goes, "The fuck you are." <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "No, no. This movie is called Snakes on a Plane."
1: Damn and right.
0: And it was, and that was smart.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is, it's just perfect. And I i found it funny, too. Hey, hi. I mean, most of the people, I think, that went to see it, obviously, from the trailer, from the title, you knew what you were getting into. But, man, I talked to a few people that just hated it, which I, I, I found was funny because you kind of should we're know dumb. ahead of time whether it's your bag or not.
0: <laughs> just, it, you, you're really right there. I mean, it's just the title alone. But if you watch the trailer, I don't know how you can complain. If you watch the trailer and that lured you to see it, all it does is deliver on that promise. It does. It just delivers yeah, on that promise.
1: Does. Let's see what kind of effect that has <laughs> on I love that. So, <laughs> so that's number four on our list of uh, drug use and horror. This might be maybe the most recent film that's made its way except for a couple times we had premieres right the most recent film that made it into it so I well done cocaine bear that's right number Good four for you. let's move it up to a Instant number classic yeah moving up to number three this is a pretty recent uh, from 2018 A uh, french dancers gather in a remote empty school building to rehearse on a wintry night and the all-night celebration morphs into a hallucinatory nightmare when they learn their sangria is laced with lsd it's Gaspar noe's climax if you couldn't dance, what would you do?
2: Mm, suicide?
1: I think we were talking about Gaspar Noe in Happy Hour. We were. And he's, yeah, and he's he's a filmmaker. I don't like all his movies, but I always want to see what he's doing because he's always pushing the envelope. And this actually was one of his best-reviewed movies, which made him uncomfortable because he <laughs> uh, he believes they, movies should be divisive and make people uncomfortable. And this one got pretty good reviews. This one, I, I like it.
0: Yeah, I don't ever want to watch it again because of that. <laughs> Um, the pulse, I, it just gives me a migraine. It's just that pulsating noise. It, but, it, it, I mean, it's very effective. Mm-hmm. You feel completely trapped and overwhelmed and nuts, which is how you're supposed to feel when you watch this movie. Uh, I remember we screened this. We reviewed this one. And um, a friend of ours came with us, a big horror fan, who had who at the time her, her son was four years old. And there's a child in this movie. And she, I'd not seen it before, but still she goes, that kid is going to be okay, right? And I thought... You're new to Gaspar Noé, aren't you? <laughs> yes. No, he's not gonna be no. okay. No,
1: none of us are gonna be <laughs> no, okay. No, none of us. But it's one of his trademarks. Is he just like he likes to just batter your senses? Yeah. In all ways. And this one is so, well, you could see by the trailer, it's the, the sound and the color and the constant movement. Most of the cast were not trained actors. Sophia Botella is, yeah. the, is the lead. Yeah. She, of course, is. The rest were just mainly dancers, mm-hmm. not professional actors. And uh, it, it's its so visually striking. it's basically striking. on a true event. Yeah, apparently. I think it's a mix of, depend on who you believe, slash urban legend slash yeah. true event. Maybe there's some in there. And a lot of it is is, uh, they're filmed in uh, long, long takes, including the beginning, the beginning piece of choreography where at the final in the opening the final poses of mm-hmm. the dancers they spell out acid oh. just a little foreshadowing what's going on and he and he plays with as he also likes to do he plays with the chronology of things he doesn't get the opening credits until in, until into the film and then you, you get the opening credits at the end mm-hmm. and you get some of the, the end credits at the beginning and he just tries to throw you off off balance and of course once they realize as the synopsis says they've been drugged mm-hmm. well then holy shit all bets are off you yeah. know what's real what's not and are they going to get through the night I think it's a It's a fascinating, fascinating experience, like most of his movies are, experiences.
0: Yeah, I do. I like this one. Um, I just don't want to watch it again because it gives me a migraine.
1: (laughs) That is climax number, what are we up to? Yeah, number three. Number three. On our drug use uh, and drug use and horror. And, oh, yeah, we got to get moving because this is going to go up to the one that we're going to see tonight. So we're not going to talk much about it, but it is paranoia and superstition. In 15th century Europe from 2017, Hakazuza.
0: I'm very excited for you guys to watch this movie. I'm very excited that... That you get to watch it on a big screen the first time you see it because it is an absolutely gorgeous, atmospheric, beautiful film. Drug use doesn't have a giant; it's not like a like like a through line at all. But once drugs are used, shit goes seriously south. (laughs) Um, And so I, I mean, it was the but but the truth is there are there are three topics that I associate with this movie, and two of them I couldn't do because it's an absolute spoiler if I stated it up front because mm-hmm. you're going to be surprised especially if you haven't seen it but you're going to be surprised when it happens so so we went with drug use although I do think that it is a a it is a, 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 an important element of this film
1: yeah and we're, again we don't want to spoil anything for anybody because I think only two people have seen it yep. but a couple things to remember it's it was the graduation film of the director Lucas Feigenfield. Yeah. Feigenfeld Feigenfeld his graduation film is this freaking good and not only that but he I don't think he's done anything since then. No, Which is equally unbelievable.
0: It is. It really is.
1: And uh, the actors, it will remind you probably in some instances of The Witch. Yeah. uh, But the actors here, all the lines are in, and there's not that much dialogue to it, really. But it's all in an Austrian dialect variant of the German language. And other than that, I think we want to know what you think about it after it's over.
0: But it does, I mean, to me it has a very Robert Eggers feel about it.
1: Oh, yes. Very much so. So we'll get to that here in just a few minutes. And that's number two. (laughs) One hour and 40 minutes later. Don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> <laughs> what do we think? Uh-oh. Weird, yeah. <laughs> I I think we've mentioned, I know I've mentioned a few times, I, I, how much I appreciate visual storytelling. And boy, there's a lot of it here. I mean, how many pages of dialogue do you think is in this movie like two or three yeah not very many yeah but man some of the shots like that closing shot there and just so many great shots that just move the story along without dialogue being necessary i i personally always love that
0: yeah i also really love the score in this movie i think it's just so uh foreboding and atmospheric and i feel so bad for albert she's just got it tough man Things don't go well for her. And who painted the skull? None of the other skulls were painted. Yeah. And just know. when
1: she thought she had a friend, maybe. I
0: know. Oh, that was
1: uh, Crushing.
2: As usual, a uh, movie where we have to digest it for a while because it's so weird. But uh, for me, the sound design was just incredible. The crunching of the snow. Oh, yeah. At the beginning, and just sound was almost as good as the visuals.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I totally agree with you. The so bubbling the cauldron the that you, you hear, yeah. you know, before you even see it. Yeah, I think that you're exactly right. The sound design in this movie is just glorious.
1: And even you mentioned the score. I think a lot of movies, especially in the last several years, have used a variation of that, that foreboding, oh. almost an ambient. Noise. But yeah. this one really, really, really does it well.
2: I don't like talking in front of people, so sorry about that. But um, um, I thought it was honestly very beautiful. I uh just look, obviously just looking at it, I'm an artist. I love seeing great screen composition, the the amount of just dark to light contrast and everything. And I love uh, folk horror's use of just culture. Like, it almost seems like they really take their time to get into horror. But when that horror comes, I just love that it's just full of dread and this just gothic feel and it's nothing jumps out at you you just feel very bad for everybody involved (laughs) that's a great point
0: about dark and light the scene when she has the neighbor in her house and the she's kind of in shadow and the neighbor is just lit up in this just beautiful glorious way and it's such a it's such a great it's just such a great composition and it's so sort of you know, it doesn't speak to like the inside of these people. It's really just more like this is the life they have. This one gets to walk in the sunshine, and this mm-hmm. poor woman has to live in the shadows. It's just, yeah, it's really a, it's a gorgeous movie.
1: Yeah, and in that scene too, I love how instantly the baby doesn't like that woman. Yeah, and then there's the whole parable of forbidden fruit that yeah. she's offering this shiny apple and all oh, that yeah. stuff. It's just always, uh, it just works on that visual. Visual storytelling, Mm -hmm. even though there's a little bit of dialogue there, but, yeah, very symbolic. Yeah, that's a a great scene and a good point about light and shadow. (laughs) (laughs) We've stumped them. I know. I I
0: worried about this one. Like, I wasn't sure how this one was going to go over, and I don't know how it did go over now.
2: (laughs) That's all right. Here we go. There were definitely a few movies that it called to mind, um... In terms of the use of music, the first thing that came to mind was uh, There Will Be Blood.
0: Oh, sure.
2: Um, I thought the scores kind of function in a very similar way. And uh, I'll be curious to look up more of the uh, composer of this film score because it was excellent. Um, it was sort of a reverse, um, a field in England, if anyone's seen yeah, that movie. Yeah, absolutely. But sort of in reverse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> things don't... It kind of, like, turn out well uh, <laughs> in this go-round. Uh, it reminded me of a little bit of the weird movie Electroma in terms of how sparse it is. That's like Daft Punk's weird movie where there's no dialogue and they're just robots walking around to a few... Uh, it's mostly silence, but there's a few songs thrown in. Uh, there were a few others that it called to mind. I think... Oh, The Revenant? Um, yeah. A little bit. Yeah. And uh, I think it... It reminded me of The Revenant because it's sort of operating in this primitive, sort of primeval... They're at the edge of civilization, but they're kind of at the edge of like light and shadow. Yeah. Um, and I thought that that was all done really well.
0: One of the ones it reminds me of, which is a, a film we showed here not that long ago, November. Um, oh, And yeah? it's really vice versa. When I saw the film November, I thought, oh, that reminds me of Hagazusa, But it, it, I, I thought of it again watching it today.
2: Well, uh... First of all, I appreciate that you exposed me to these kind of movies. (laughs) With that said, (laughs) if I had seen this at home, I would have turned it off. Mm. And the only reason why I stayed awake for it here is because I know that I snore and I didn't want to disturb (laughs) anybody. (laughs) But um, thank you, question mark.
1: (laughs) We appreciate the honesty. We really do.
0: I mean, you said don't do drugs, but, like, at this time, what are you supposed to do? Like, all <laughs> there is to do is, like, survive, witchcraft, masturbate, right. and drugs. Yeah. <laughs> None of them turned out that well for no. her. No.
1: As we get up to number one on our list You're gonna of be happy. drug use and horror, somebody who wore a be happy. t-shirt there has some foreshadowing. This was from 2018. The enchanted lives of a couple in a secluded forest are brutally shattered by a nightmarish hippie cult and their demon biker henchman in Mandy. So what are you gonna do with that?
2: we going hunting. So what you hunting? It's crazy evil. <laughs>
0: From within, strange and eternal. You may be asking yourself, why did she choose the Japanese trailer? Because wasn't it awesome? I'm so sorry that I couldn't get the PowerPoint to show you the whole screen because it's such a great
1: trailer. <laughs> this is a fun. Fun movie, yeah! I remember when we showed this. We had to. Was this the premiere? Do we have the premiere? Of we this? had the premiere of it. Yeah. Oh, so much fun! And um, it's it's also visually striking uh, with all the colors, obviously, and and how they change throughout as the narrative changes. And of course, it's got one of the all timers from uh, Nicholas Cage. Come on in, hey! Come on in, yeah! Nicholas Cage is as Nicholas Cagey, I think, <laughs> as you can as you can imagine him in this movie.
0: And it's funny, so it's Panos Cosmatos, sorry about that, the filmmaker. He made another movie, Beyond the Black Rainbow, which is also all about drugs, and is is very specifically time-stamped in the 80s. But it's a completely wildly different, it's very aesthetic and sort of uh, medicinal. It's like um, it's like a Cronenberg film, whereas this is like a Ronnie James Dio cover, album cover or something. The, but the everything about this movie uh, and the way it builds to like more and more unhinged insanity mm-hmm. that, that by the time the movie's over, Nicolas Cage almost seems too subdued an actor for the film.
1: Yeah. if Yeah, if that's hard to believe. It is. And, and interesting, when um, Panos first approached him to be in the movie, apparently he wanted him to play the cult leader. Oh, I can and, see that. Yeah, and Cage did not want to, and I guess, and according to an interview that Cage gave with, I think, GQ a few years ago, they, they parted, they couldn't come to an agreement. They just parted and let wow. it go for about a year, and then Elijah Wood, of all people, uh, acted as an inter- intermediary, Got them back together, and they discussed it in more detail. And it was decided that yeah, they they would get with Cage playing uh, playing Red instead.
0: He may have been a producer because Elijah. Yeah, he has would. been producing. he produces been. a lot of yeah, really he does. great horror films?
1: Yeah. So credit Elijah with that. And they showed a little bit of the trailer. One of the memorable parts of this movie, of course, the chainsaw fight, <laughs> which according to uh, Panos had to be done in one night, and uh, he described that as a, a living hell to shoot that thing. Wow. But man, it's is so he cool.
0: It's so effective, you know. Anything when you have um, cannibal bikers on LSD, and that's like a minor part of your film, and it's like such a minor part of the lunacy that you almost forget that there are cannibal bikers on LSD. <laughs> that's a nutty movie. And no, then, oh my God, this is a fun. As if film. that
1: wasn't enough, Cheddar Goblin.
0: Cheddar Goblin. <laughs> Not only do we have a Cheddar Goblin magnet, we have a a jigsaw puzzle of of Cheddar Cheddar Goblin. That
1: just puts it over the top. It is. That one is, of course, is going to be number one on drug use and horror. And as usual on the Fright Club Lives, Uh, we're up against it here. But that's a good thing because we have to show Hagazooza. We
0: do. So we have two quick things to say. One is that... Marink is gonna be here, 35 millimeter.
1: With right. director Kyle Edward Ball.
0: Right. So uh, about probably 75% of you hated skin Marink. That's all right, stay home. The other 30% who used to have that nightmare the whole time you were growing up, come out and say that to, to Kyle Edward Ball. Be like how did you know what I was terrified by when I was four?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it because I did enjoy the movie very much. And
0: you're going to do the QA.
1: Yeah, we're going to do the QA, and he's uh, he's tweeted about it a couple times. He's really excited to yeah. be here, so uh, we would love to have you come out. It's going to be a, it's going to be a good night with uh, Skinnamarinky-dinky-doo.
0: That's right, and then our next Fright Club Live, we are going to show because of the poll that we took a few a few weeks ago, and we found that it was a shocking number of people had never seen the movie Session 9, so we are going to show Session 9. And we are going to do a podcast on the patient. So we're going to look at some of the creepiest patients across all of our I like films. that.
1: That yeah. is April 12th. Yeah, I was I was surprised. That was Richard's poll uh, that, yeah. that, that uh, told us that so many people had not seen Session 9, That's which is right. kind of a, it was a surprise, but a, a good surprise because it let us down the path of having this movie to show. So uh, that was one where you just kind of called up, Chris, can we get session nine? Boom, done. That's right. It's booked. So looking forward to that on April 12th. All right. We're going to show Hagazuza and we hope you come down as always. Uh, This is one where it's definitely got a lot to talk about afterwards. So we'd love to get your opinions and get you on the podcast uh, when it's all done here. And uh, it's only think it's about 90 minutes or so, right? Not too long. Oh, yeah.
0: It's it's pretty brief.
1: Yeah. So uh, hope you enjoy it. It's coming up soon. We'll look forward to uh, talking about it afterwards. And you can always find us, of course, we'll get this podcast edited down. It should be up uh, Monday or Tuesday. Uh, you can find us on uh, all the usual uh, socials. Mad, It's Fright Club Pod on Twitter. Mm-hmm. It's madwolf.com is our website. Of course, Mad Wolf Columbus on Facebook and Instagram. And we've got the, if you didn't know, we do have the Fright Club Podcast group on Facebook. If you haven't joined that, please do. Because we have some fun in there as well. Mm-hmm. So lots of ways to keep in touch. We hope you will. Uh, enjoy Hagazusa. And until next time, she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And this is the Fright Club Podcast. Thank you. You guys are awesome. Enjoy the movie. Stand, hit it.